0: Welcome to Hablando de Tequila. I'm your host, Zach Chabal. Throughout this six-part series, we'll explore the history, people, culture, and future of tequila. On today's episode, I'm joined by Stephanie Tesler and Igor Polonsky from the Patron Advocacy and Mixology team as we dive into all the other cocktails you can make with tequila, from the Paloma and the Tequila Sunrise, to twists on classics like the Negroni the old fashioned. Stephanie, Igor, thank you so much for your
1: time. Thank you for having us.
0: Awesome, Zach. Thank you for inviting. Yeah, my pleasure. So let's get a little bit of background about the two of you before we dig into all the many ways we can use tequila in cocktails. Which is, man, I am amped for this. It's getting to be the afternoon here. I'm looking forward to my cocktail a little later. So, Stephanie, how about you first? What's your What's your background?
1: Well, I have almost 20 years in hospitality. Uh, I used to manage bars and restaurants. I worked a lot in the hotel sort of beverage world. Uh, and I've always had a real affinity for Mexico and for agave and tequila specifically. So it was just sort of a natural progression that I eventually led myself into uh, the role that I'm in right now, which is the East Coast Trade Education Manager with Patron.
0: Excellent. And Igor, how about you?
2: Yeah, I have somewhat similar path as Stephanie. I actually started around 2008 as the classic nightclub bartender in South Beach in Miami. And oh, okay. slowly, but maturity kind of grew from there into someone who got a lot of passion for really well-made spirits and overall, like learned a lot about how things are made and, you know, put some time into educating myself about the craft cocktail movement. So From there, I start working in a lot of, you know, more cocktail-centric bars and worked towards uh, working for a wonderful brand like Patron. So now I do the same job as Stephanie, but focused on the West region of the United States.
0: Fantastic. Okay, so let's start here when we talk about tequila cocktails. And, and for anyone who hasn't caught it, we previously ran, a, I think, a fantastic episode about the margarita. So if you're wondering why the margarita is not getting mentioned here, it's not because we somehow forgot about the most popular cocktail on the planet. It's just because there's so much else to dig into when it comes to tequila cocktails that we wanted to have a whole episode that we could really devote to them. So I'm going to start with a question for both of you with a cocktail that I had yesterday, which is perhaps controversially, maybe... I like better than a margarita and that's the paloma. So let's maybe start with this. Like what's a great way if you're if you're someone who's looking to make a paloma either at home or in a bar, what are what are kind of the crucial elements to understand about that cocktail?
1: Igor, do you want to take this one? I know you have uh, quite of a passion for a paloma.
0: Uh,
2: Stephanie, you're so right. Well, um, I think Paloma is one of the most underrated uh, tequila drinks that is out there. I know I know, everyone loves margarita, but I think uh, once you have uh, several of those and it's kind of like that time of night to switch around or you're just trying to make a really nice and easy cocktail at home and you want to try something different, uh, Paloma is the way to go specifically if you are, you know, have a great bottle of tequila in your hands. So with Patron, you can, you know, make Palomas with either Patron Silver or with Patron Reposado, and there's no kind of right or, or wrong way to do it. Paloma has um, a, kind of a rich history. It's been around for quite a long time, but I think only now is getting like more and more popular. The creation of Paloma essentially is tied to the to the times when grapefruit soda was invented, right? So we're talking about, like mm-hmm. 60s, 70s, around that era. So once people figured out how to make grapefruit soda, and uh, we started seeing some traction with the grapefruit soda. So paloma was just a, a mix of you know tequila and grapefruit soda with a little bit of salt. But once the the whole movement evolved into using much better spirit, uh, way better quality tequilas, people now making uh, palomas with Fresh grapefruit juice, as well with a little bit of agave and fresh lime, and maybe topping it with either grapefruit soda and or just a soda water. So there's kind of several ways to do it, you know. But you always need to make sure that using a really good quality ingredients, and that's why I we think like Paloma with Patron is an excellent example of like very well made version of that cocktail. Steph, what's your what's your way to make mm-hmm. a Paloma? I'm curious. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, personally, Igor, I prefer to make my Palomas with fresh grapefruit juice. I'm just such a fan of fresh grapefruit juice in general. It's my favorite of the citrus juices um to drink. So I prefer making mine with fresh juice. And you know what, Zach, I have to agree with you also on your point. I am more of a fan of a Paloma than a Margarita. And it might come as a surprise to everyone, but uh, the Paloma is actually way more popular in uh, Mexico than it is in the United States. While the Margarita Mm. really is king in the United States, the Paloma hasn't caught on as much. And I think it's our job to make sure that it does. (laughs)
0: I couldn't agree more. I want to ask another question about the Paloma and in particular about the grapefruit component, because, Igor, as you alluded to, you know, sort of the origins of the drink um, and the kind of maybe classic spec for it would include grapefruit soda, either exclusively or at least as an addition on top of fresh grapefruit juice. I would say that while I can respect that there is history there, I think it's also true that, as you said, Stephanie, the drink tastes most cases better with fresh grapefruit juice just because you get the freshness, you get that kind of brightness that you're going to get. That said, I have occasionally run into issues when working with grapefruit juice. I feel like out of all the citrus fruits, more than others, of like really wild variations in sweetness of the juice. So if you're if you're making this at home or you are a bartender listening to this, I would say, and, and I want your both of your opinions on this, that if you're making a Paloma, sometimes you don't even need um, an additional sweetness agent. Especially, I mean, not if you're uh, definitely not if you're adding soda, grapefruit soda that is not just soda water. But even sometimes, um, if you're not. With some grapefruit sometimes, I feel like I just get so much sweetness out of them in addition to the tartness and just the general grapefruit flavor. Is that something that that either of you have come across?
1: Yeah, I I completely agree with you, Zach. And and that brings up a great point when it comes down to just making cocktails in general. And that point that we always touch on when we're making all of our wide variety of amazing Patron cocktails is to always taste your ingredients because depending on where you're sourcing your grapefruits from, they can have a completely different flavor. It also depends on how the season was that year, right? Like what was the weather like? Mm -hmm. And there's a couple of different varieties of grapefruits too. You know, we see the pink grapefruit and then there's also the white grapefruit. So depending on the actual type of grapefruit that you're using, you can get a totally different result. So in addition to that, making a cocktail is always a really personal experience. So if you're making a drink at home, I also think it's really, you know, it's up to you what you want your cocktail to taste like. So if you're making a delicious Patron Paloma and you feel like your grapefruit juice is sweet enough for your palate, then I say go ahead and don't add any sugar to it.
0: Okay. I want to transition into maybe what I would call the opposite for me personally of, of the Paloma, but sticking in this tequila plus citrus realm. Can either of you sell me on the Tequila Sunrise? Like I've had to make them as a bartender before. I get it. They look cool. And that's actually, you know, we've seen it obviously in cocktail culture over the last few years with even more kind of emphasis on the visual appeal of drinks and and social media, that that's a big thing. But like, is there a way to make this drink that where it doesn't kind of suck? Well, Zach,
2: (laughs)
1: let
0: let, let me take that. Please. When when me and Stephanie were like, well,
2: we need to talk about Tequila Sunrise. I was like, what do you think? And I told her, like, listen, I think Tequila Sunrise is great it's all about what you use in that drink. You know, yes, I know that this drink is typical cocktail of the disco era, right? So yeah. 1970s, you know, Harvey, Harvey Wallbanger, like Tequila Sunrise, you know, they all come from that era, right? When people were, were not caring much about what's the quality of the ingredients is like, right? So now we're in different era. Like now we have obviously a great tequila to use, right? Such as Patron. Yes. Now then like, instead of buying, uh, you know, a pasteurized commercial orange juice, which is an essential part of the, of the tequila sunrise, you can go ahead and squeeze some of that fresh orange juice. And there's, trust me, there is nothing better than a fresh squeeze fluffy orange juice mixed with a great quality tequila. And then just, just to balance some of that tartness that you get a little bit from that orange juice, especially from the fresh squeezed one, you just pour like a, a, a bar spoon of, of great quality grenadine or pomegranate syrup, in other words, on top. Luckily, you know, there's plenty of great options in that direction too. If you go to like a, a liquor store with a good selection of the mixers, you'll find something that uses like natural cane sugar, natural fruit and things like that. So no no more grenadine is basically made from like artificial sweeteners and fake flavorings mm-hmm. right so there are companies uh, that put some time and effort into doing that so it's a perfect brunch cocktail to me you know there's there's nothing better than uh, you know a really really warm afternoon and you're sitting outside and you have a patron silver tequila sunrise with a fluffy Orange juice and a little bit of that sunrise effect with a float of grenadine that is a good quality as well. Did I sell you yet?
0: <laughs> I gotta say I'm i I'm getting more intrigued. I I had sort of forgotten about the fact that like you actually can go get grenadine that isn't yeah just all artificial flavors. I I I went through my Roy Rogers phase as a kid and and haven't thought about drinking grenadine in a long time. But that's good to know because it's true that when you have the vibrant flavor and authentic flavor that you can get from from actual uh, pomegranate syrup but it, it definitely makes a difference in drinks it's
2: super easy to make at home as well like oh really all you need is some some fresh pomegranate there's always like that I can't remember what month of the year when well, pomegranates nah, this is is winter. Right? yeah
0: winter is pomegranate season
2: yeah so you you kind of slice it in half and then you turn around and you start pounding with the with the heaviest spoon in the back of it and all the seeds fall off right in your you know, a container where you're going to uh, make the syrup, you just add equal parts of sugar and water and simmer it with some of those pomegranate seeds and just, uh, you know, 15, 20 minutes and strain it, go cool it down, and there you have it. You have a, a great quality
0: homemade Grandin. That's awesome. I'm definitely doing that over the winter because I, I love the idea of being able to bring that level of uh, quality to all the ingredients. Obviously, you know, the, the quality tequila. You know, I can just go buy that in a store. And I guess it sounds like maybe I can go buy in quality grenadine, but making it myself would be cool too. Okay. I wanna pause here for a moment and at some point, we will move into the category of tequila cocktails where we're looking at more of the, maybe the reposados and, and more of the añejos, you know, something with a little bit more of that barrel influence. But let's, let's stick with the, in this sort of blanco, maybe reposado realm. What are a couple of other cocktails that really either are classically made with tequila or alternatively that people might be familiar with, uh, with a different base spirit that either the silver or the reposado could be a really good kind of substitute in? So, Stephanie, do you wanna, do you have any uh, in mind that are, you know, kind of other great cocktails in this sort of looking with these uh, tequilas in particular.
1: Absolutely. Um, I'd like to, you know, piggybacking on the whole uh, brunch cocktail topic. uh, One of my favorites uh, to have with tequila subbed in for another spirit, which is usually vodka is the bloody Maria. Um, oh. I yeah I love a Bloody Maria with tequila. There's so many elements of this drink that I feel just pair so well with tequila, even more so than with a vodka. The Bloody Maria has you know tomato in it, which is like savory and a little bit citrusy, which is amazing with tequila. That umami sort of flavor. Um, in addition, you can also add you know lots of spice and salt using a Tajin rim maybe on the edge of your Bloody Maria. So mm-hmm. for me personally, I will always choose tequila over vodka in that style of cocktail and have a bloody Maria for brunch.
0: Yes. I'm a big fan of of Bloody Marys. And and when you're thinking about assembling your mix, is there anything, any ingredients that you would say, hey, you know, I know I'm making this this mix for for Bloody Maria's. I want to include these other ingredients, or do you just kind of go with your standard Bloody Mary recipe and just feel like that the tequila accentuates more of the flavors?
1: Well, I think honestly, it depends on the mood that I'm in and the ingredients that I have on hand. Um, I love using Mexican inspired ingredients, of course. So again, I would choose say like a tajin rim for my Bloody Maria rather than just a celery salt or something like that. Um, Also using, you know, uh, hot sauces and things like that that are made in Mexico versus, you know, something else. Uh, I love the Mexican chili kind of inspired or, or flavor profile that you can add to that. So I think I would just Look uh, definitely to what ingredients I could add in there that kind of touch back to the Mexican roots of the tequila, the Patron tequila that you're using in the Bloody Maria, and and use that in the cocktail.
0: Very cool,
2: Zach. To add to that, if if somebody doesn't know, it's Stephanie she's an official queen of the hot sauces. <laughs> I,
1: am. Oh. I am. I am. I <laughs> am. Good to know.
2: She 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 literally carries one in her purse it, it, like all the time, <laughs> twenty four seven. You know. Whatever she's traveled to, is that you can always rely that Stephanie has a hot sauce. You, don't
0: have <laughs> you and Hillary Clinton, if I recall
1: correctly, <laughs> it's true.
0: Igor, do you have an example of a of a cocktail, either a classically tequila cocktail or or something that like the Bloody Maria, where it's a, a variant where where you think that uh, the silver or, or even reposado would be a nice fit.
2: Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, you know, again, going back to Blood and Mary, Blood Maria type of scenario, right? You have to think what your what your base spirit tastes like. So if we're talking, for example, about Patron Silver, right? So there's a lot of citrus in that. There's already hints of black pepper. There's already a, a slight hint of jalapeno already in the flavor of tequila. So why would we go with the vodka when we're trying to make a really perfect Blood and Mary? It's way better and, and way more delicious to, to use Patron Silver in in this particular drink but also um i think tequila has a huge potential in what i call tropicals or or cocktails Mm. as we say right there's actually one of the um, kind of forgotten classics uh from the tequila world is called pinky gonzalez as a matter of fact it was also one of the first tequila drinks that was put in the cocktail books um, you will find it in like Trader's Vic cocktail book, and Trader Vic was one of the founders of the whole tiki movement. So, what Pinky, Pinky Gonzalez essentially is 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 it's basically a mai tai, but made with tequila. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, so again, think about it. maybe maybe um, silver is is would be my second choice. I would rather go with uh, Reposado tequila. So, like our Patron Reposado is is a wonderful wonderful expression of that category that. You know, it spends about four to six months in a variety of different casks and starts picking up a lot of tropical notes. So for those reasons, I think it's a perfect candidate to be, to be used in a Mai Tai. Mai Tai is also a little bit one of those drinks that have been pasteurized through the era of, uh, seventies, eighties uh, and nineties when, when people start thinking that Mai Tai is just a mixture of several different rums and, and a bunch of fruit juices, which is not. Uh, a proper Mai Tai or Pinky Gonzalez would be made with uh, Reposado tequila, you know, great quality tequila like Patron. Then you would try to find what's called Orja. It's the syrup made of almonds. Um, mm. so it has, again, it has a lot of like nettiness and uh, gives another kind of dimension to to the drink. And then you would use fresh citrus like lime and a little bit of orange liqueur. So all that basically is is a Mai Tai or Pinky Gonzalez if you're making it with tequila and you garnish it with a nice slice of orange and, and, and fresh mint.
0: Very cool. And and with that, I'm assuming that Orgiat's a little harder to make at home than uh, grenadine. Yeah,
2: I, I it's possible. <laughs> it's possible. I've done that. I bet Stephanie have done that. I bet Stephanie would also say I don't recommend
1: <laughs> <laughs> it. Depend- it depends on your comfort level in your kitchen and how, you know, how much you'd like to experiment. I definitely think that if you feel confident in the, in a kitchen and you're really dedicated to your cocktails, you know, go ahead and try it, but you know, you know, a little bit about what you're getting into maybe before you get started on making it.
2: <laughs> it's, it's not really that hard. It's just a matter of that. You'll have to have like a blender. You have to have a mesh strainer. um, It will take some time. You have to go and source for orange flower water that you know is a, is a very important component of the orgeat. Again, there's plenty of really really good orgeats made in in the commercial kitchens that are are just basically handcrafted syrups. And, you know, th- they're the way to go, in my opinion. You know, we'll save you, honestly, some time
0: and I think some money, too. And Yeah, might be worth it to uh, to pay someone else to make your orgeat in this case. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask that, that, you know, you brought up a really interesting idea of tequila in some of these cocktails where where we maybe think of in tiki or or sort of tropical cocktails. And in particular, where we might see things like, you know, kind of white rums. Is it something like, um, you know, I think of another classic kind of cocktail in that vein. I don't know if it's technically considered even a tiki cocktail, but like something like a, like a mojito where you're playing with obviously lime, which we know pairs very well with tequila generally, but also mint, a little bit of sweetness. Like for people who want just kind of something that they can riff on where they might be familiar with and, and are more likely to have lime and mint at home than they are to have orgette or grenadine. Is that another kind of? Avenue or or something along those lines that would make sense for people, kind of looking at these classic kind of white rum drinks?
1: Oh, I have to, I'm sorry, Igor, I got to jump in with a quick story on the mojito and Patron because it's just uh, one of my favorite cocktails at this uh, very notorious bar in Miami that's known for their um, Cuban and, you know, rum based cocktails. One of my favorite drinks to order there is uh, actually a Roca Silver Mojito. I notice a lot of similarities when you talk about Roca Patron and the tahona method and some of the flavor profile that you get from this, like, really, you know, traditional process of making tequila, that's that kind of gives you the same, like, funkiness and depth of flavor and like vegetal notes that you would find in something like a rum agricole or rum. So Mm -hmm. in my opinion, and I know anyone that loves mojitos and tropical drinks is probably going to kill me for saying this, but I absolutely love a Roca Patron silver uh, mojito made in a very traditional way. I think it's just an absolutely gorgeous cocktail.
0: Very cool. That one definitely sounds good on a cold winter day, I'll be honest. Oh,
1: it's so good. I'm craving it right now that I just talked about it. (laughs) Excellent. Okay, so I want to transition
0: now into some um, uses for some of the more aged tequilas in cocktails, because I think you have, as as we've kind of covered, some of the really classic and most well-known expressions uh, or cocktails using um, silver and reposado tequilas that I think our, our, most listeners are going to be familiar with. And for most people who get into tequila-based cocktails, it's going to be through that lens. But – one of the most exciting categories is, uh, for me, is is this idea of all of these cocktails that, that play on the wonderful synergy between the sort of agave flavor that, you know, a, a young tequila has and the way that that develops through time in barrel and then um, looking at that as a cocktail ingredient uh, in the same way that you would look at any other barrel-aged spirit. So we'll start with… I don't know, to me, maybe my favorite, um, which would be because I just love the category of cocktail in general. But uh, let's say someone wants to go out there. And I think maybe the easiest way to do this is to just try making a, a tequila old fashioned. Um, so, Stephanie, h- how would I do that? What's what, what are my what are my ingredients and what are my what's my methodology here? If I want to make the best tequila old fashioned, I can.
1: Well, first of all, I'd congratulate you on an excellent decision to make a tequila Old Fashioned. Um, so got to get that out of the way first. Um, it's really a wonderful cocktail for mostly anyone to make at home because of its simplicity, right? And when we talk about simple cocktails, I love really simple cocktails because they allow the base spirit to really shine right? And when you talk about Patron and the amount of time and energy that we put into like the traditional process of making tequila and showcasing that in something simple, like a old fashioned, it's just, it's a really amazing combination. So, um, Essentially, uh, an old-fashioned is three ingredients, right? You have your base spirit, you have a sweetener, and then you have a bittering agent. Um, Traditionally, you do something like Angostura bitters and then maybe a Demerara, which is basically an unrefined sugar syrup, um, or you could use simple syrup as well. Uh, And then using either the Patron Reposado or Añejo or even extra Añejo, honestly, I think would be delightful in this. Um, So honestly, it's... Just kind of developing how you like your recipe, whether you want it to be a little bit sweeter or less sweet. Um, And then adding a couple dashes of bitters, stirring those, because when we're making a cocktail that does not include citrus, we want to be sure to stir those ingredients usually to really blend them together seamlessly to have a really beautiful velvety texture. And then adding in either your Patrona Añejo, Extra Añejo, or even a Reposado, if that's more your speed. And then garnish for something like this would generally be uh, a light zest from your favorite citrus. It could be either lemon or potentially grapefruit or even orange. Uh, If I was using the Inyejo, I'd probably select something like an orange to pair really nicely.
0: Very cool. And when we're thinking about this idea of, let's say, first subbing in Tequila in place of whiskey and some of these really classic whiskey cocktails because I want to talk about maybe in Manhattan and Manhattan variants next. You're dealing with a with some similarities in terms of the flavor profile and obviously whiskey is a big category where there's lots of variation too, of course. But with with tequila, I, I do feel like and I, I'm curious if you both agree with this that there you, it is important that you, as you said, Stephanie, maybe look. First and foremost, at cocktails where where you're not going to be masking the base spirit with a lot of other ingredients, and that's why I think an old fashioned is a great example. I think a Manhattan too. Are there others that that kind of are great ways to showcase these more aged tequilas without um, kind of masking too much of their characteristics uh, behind a lot of other ingredients?
2: Well, um, you have to kind of analyze what. What flavors, again, are in tequila itself, right? When we're talking about reposado, as I mentioned, like it's just a kind of a light hint of oak. And when we're talking about anejo and extra anejo, the main flavors are, are being driven by the oak because tequila spends uh, quite a bit of time in the, in the wood. And so start picking up a lot of those typical um, baking spices, vanilla um soda still like things that we associate with age spirits like whiskey or brandy or cognac or something like that so based on that i you know you can start imagining what what things you can substitute in what drinks and as you said manhattan is is a great candidate to swap whiskey uh, bourbon or rye wherever is you your preference the original version is to tequila i think it makes drink way more adventurous. Um, Mm -hmm. With Pachon specifically, I think our extra anejo is, is an excellent candidate for those type of things. So extra anejo for us spends over three years in the barrel. And again, we use all types of barrels when we age that tequila, American casks and French oak and Hungarian oak. Um, all that brings a huge complexity to the base spirit, makes it even more interesting than your typical whiskey or or, or rye or something like that. So making Manhattan with something like Patron Añejo is almost like, you know, wowing yourself with, uh, mm-hmm. you know, this kind of, you know, maybe unusual and unexpected first type of, you know, cocktail. Because every time I say, oh, how about... You know, I make your tequila, Manhattan. And people who are, who are, they just look at me like, what? Tequila, Manhattan? Like, are you crazy? I was like, no, like that totally makes sense. Um, however, there's also like one drink that I really, really love. And um, I think Reposado is a perfect one. Uh, I'm a big fan of Negroni's. You know, Negroni's mm-hmm. is sort of like a, a really, um, one of those drinks, you, you either really love it or, or you cannot drink it at all. Um, I think most of bartenders and people in, in sort of our, profession uh, actually adore Negroni. And, I, and Negroni with tequila has its own name. It's called Rosita. Um, again, that, that that drink's been around for a little bit, and Rosita is well less known than Negroni, but to me it's more delicious. So in, in a classic Negroni you would, you would go with something like um, a gin, uh, a, a bitter and uh, a vermouth, and you would stir it in the equal ratio. or So with the Rosita, you would substitute the gin for tequila. And I prefer to go with our riposato for that. You know, that kind of, um, a little bit of that edge, uh, of, of the oak flavor makes it again way more interesting to me. And that would use something like martini bitter and, and one of our martini sweet vermouth and, Stir it with the nice zest of grapefruit it makes a delightful drink.
0: Yeah, I can imagine that being delicious. I'm a big fan of that uh, formulation, be it Negroni, Reseda, whatever. I wanted to ask, though, um, and Stephanie, maybe you can help me with this a little bit, too, in this conversation. Because I think both the that you know, Negroni or Reseda formulation and also with something like uh, Manhattan using tequila – are you looking for slightly different characteristics in your vermouth than you might if you were making them um, with gin, in the case of the Negroni, or whiskey, in the case of the Manhattan?
1: Uh, absolutely, I would say vermouth is a very dynamic ingredient. Um, aside from just the most simple of differences, which is whether or not it's a sweet, dry, or blanc vermouth. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to that, each vermouth has you know a really different flavor characteristic. Um, so if I was making something a little bit more uh, rich and uh, kind of heavy, which is how I feel a tequila Manhattan might be. I might use, say, the Martini Rossi uh, or a red sweet vermouth. It's going to give it a little bit more weight, you know. And in regards to a Negroni, I might choose something more like, uh, I don't know, like a French vermouth, like a Noilly Pratt. I honestly think vermouth is, it's such a dynamic category um, and there's so many different, obviously it's made with all kinds of different herbs and uh, different levels of sweetness, different levels of bitterness and all that sort of stuff. So, I can't say maybe even one style or one one type is better than the other, but I'd say definitely play around with different vermouths and see, you know, what you like the best. If you have a more powerful vermouth, maybe you're using that in a cocktail where the other ingredients aren't as overwhelming and powerful, so they don't fight with one another. Or maybe you want that to be a stronger element, or maybe, you know, the tequila that you're using, like any of our Roca, is a little higher proof. So you need a little bit more of a powerful vermouth to kind of stand up to that. So it's a really dynamic ingredient in a cocktail. And I think honestly, the only way to really figure out which one you like the best is, you know, trial and error, which is fun, right? Trial and error, cocktail trial and error.
0: (laughs) It's it's definitely a good way to get through an evening. (laughs) Okay, I have one last question for both of you. And uh, Igor, let's start with you. What's one additional cocktail? And obviously, there are many and I know there's lots of great resources for people who want to find lots of great tequila cocktails. But one more that we haven't mentioned yet that you feel like your job would not be done if we didn't talk about it for at least a moment.
2: I got to cheat here. I can't, I can't oh, I single out one. I have, to, I have to go with two. Is that all right? Sure. <laughs> so, uh, one, one of the things when we were talking about uh, specifically paternal silver, right, and the qualities of that tequila, and there's one drink that is almost like uh, became an official cocktail of, of the West Texas. Uh, it's called the wrench water. Uh, oh, specifically, yeah. uh, Patron Silver Wrench Water is is a very simple combination that uh, is uh, sweeping out the nation with its popularity. Uh, it's a mix of uh, Patron Silver, uh, fresh lime juice, and topped with specifically Mexican mineral water. Some people like to add a little bit of orange liqueur in it too, so making it basically a stretched out version of fizzy version of margarita. Um, but it's delightful. It's very light. It's crisp. It's clean. And again, it, it makes, uh, such tequila as Patron, like the quality of it shine through that drink as well. Um, it's really the, the great way to step up your game in, in making very, very simple, hugely uh, easily accessible cocktails for, for homemaking again. Um, and it's just, you know, we, we all, we're all seeing that people start kind of, Drinking things that are a little bit like you know lighter in type of in flavor and and, and that kind of trend is going on. So this is a perfect extension to that. Um, and the other one, it, it's it's less, I guess, than a specific drinks, but more about. Uh, one of the new tequilas that we just released, it, it's a Patron Sherry Cask Aged Anejo, mm. right? So when we're talking about the, the aged tequilas, in this case, rather than thinking about a, a specific drink like a Manhattan or old fashioned, um, which are wonderful, by the way, with the Sherry Cask Aged Anejo Um Honestly, probably my favorite thing to drink right now is the Sherry Cascade de Nihon Old Fashioned. But it's more about trying that wonderful tequila that spends about two years in a lot sherry cask. And sherry, for those who are not familiar, it's, it's a, a very specific fortified wine that comes from certain region in Spain. And it has a wonderful complexity to it. Aloroso sherry is the one that we use, the cast from the one that we use to age our uh, tequila in. Um, So that becomes a very, very nice extension to our our core tequilas and our tequila line, our aged portfolio. And that tequila makes all kinds of delicious cocktail. For example, um, you know, a really easy thing to do at home is sherry cask anejo cobbler. Sherry cobbler, again, one of those drinks that's been around for a long time. And many people might be hesitant uh, when they hear the word sherry cobbler. It sounds like a, a disco drink from seventies or something, right? But it's actually not. If you just uh, skip the sherry and go straight in the sherry cask aged tequila, add a little, add a little bit of that fresh orange juice, a fresh pineapple juice, if you can, and maybe a touch of ginger syrup. Uh, serve it over um, nice crushed ice if you have access. If, if not, regular ice is just fine. And then you can garnish it with that, uh, like fresh berries and mint. And um, again, talking about those branch patio cocktails, uh, that's, that's an excellent one. So sorry, I couldn't single out the one.
0: (laughs) That's okay. Stephanie, I guess I have to give you the option to pick two, uh, if you so choose.
1: I will pick one cocktail that I really enjoy. And that's uh, also a cocktail that is very similar to the uh, Pinky Gonzalez that Igor mentioned earlier. Uh, It's my favorite tequila cocktail. uh, And that is the Infante also fairly simple. And again, it does involve orgeat. So whether you make it at home or you buy a pre-made orgeat that's made really well with really great quality ingredients, it's almost like a margarita, but instead of having a different kind of sweetener or say like a citrange, it actually uses the orgeat. So it is, um, you know, Patron tequila. I recommend probably uh, silver, Patron silver in this cocktail, some orgeat, a little of uh, orange flower water in that as well some fresh lime juice and then a little nutmeg grated on top and a really fun yeah a really fun way to add variation to this cocktail is to add a different fruit kind of syrup to it as well so you could do say like a strawberry or even a pomegranate infante um, and add a couple of different you know fruit elements to it as well that's really delicious and honestly I feel like it's almost an unexpected holiday cocktail because when you think about it and you're using you know ingredients like orgeat which obviously has that almond flavor to it. And then a little grated nutmeg on top, which just, you know, pairs so perfectly with the um, fresh agave flavors in the Patron tequila. It's like, oh, wait a second. Is this kind of a holiday cocktail? It's like so refreshing and it doesn't necessarily have all the typical holiday ingredients, but at the same time, you know, that almond and nutmeg definitely gives you a little bit of those holiday vibes. So um, yeah, I would say the Infante is very much so right now my favorite Patron tequila cocktail.
0: Also has the benefit of presumably being less filling than
1: eggnog. Yes, exactly. Exactly.
0: <laughs> I
2: think we forgot to mention that we were calling out all those uh, wonderful recipes and a lot of, a lot of really cool facts about our tequila. We have actually an amazing resource where listeners could go to and check out all those drinks. Oh, excellent. Yeah. We put together a, a cocktail website that's called uh, cocktaillab.com and there's tons of of classic tequila drinks, the contemporary versions of those drinks, um, some very unusual creative ideas for all your needs. You can filter the drinks by the occasion, by the flavor. Let's say, you know, the, the holidays are coming out, just, uh, you know, filter them by holiday occasion and you'll get all sorts of holiday inspired drinks.
0: Awesome. Well, yeah, that'll definitely, we'll definitely include that in the description. And again, that's, you said that's cocktaillab.com? Yes, absolutely. Fantastic. Well, Stephanie, Igor, thank you so much for your time, both of you. I'm, I, it can't be five o'clock soon enough where I am, <laughs> but um, I look forward to, to mixing and shaking and stirring up um, a whole range of exciting and, and novel tequila cocktails. Um, so again, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much, Zach. Thank you so much.
0: This podcast series is in partnership with Patron Tequila, the world's number one super premium tequila that is passionately handcrafted in the highlands of Jalisco, Mexico. To learn more about Patron, visit patrontequila.com.